Welcome to the Decades of Strength podcast. We are Kim, Marcy, and Katie. We are three women on one mission. We are obsessed with empowering women to gain confidence, build strength, and ditch feelings of unworthiness. So grab your chair, come sit at our table, and let's talk. Welcome to the Decades of Strength podcast. I'm your host, Kim, today. And well, I'm, I'm Kim every day, but I'm hosting today. <laughs> and with me, I have Marcy Nevin and Katie Crocus. Hi, ladies. Hi, Kim. How Hi. you doing? Hey, Good. Man. How are you, girls? Look, we've got some sick people here today. We've got people not feeling well. It's funny because I've been sick for so long and I'm, I'm the best one out of the bunch today. <laughs> well, you've powered through, Kim, because we never heard you complain. To Marcy and I just couldn't stop this morning. Oh, that's not true. I complained. <laughs> I complained plenty. I complained plenty. So Marcy's not feeling super great. Got a lot of stress going on in her life. Katie's not feeling super great. Came back from a trip sick. We're a mess, people. We're a mess. But here uh, we are. We Here we are. <laughs> So ladies, give us a little, give us a few lines. What's going on with you. You can tell us about either how you're feeling now, or you can talk about something else and we'll talk about how we're feeling physically. And then our topic today is going to be, um, how to manage, uh, your fitness and wellness when you're not feeling in tip top shape. So that's what we're actually gonna talk about. Katie, mm -hmm. what's going on with you. You can talk about your health or you can talk about something else. Well, so you might be able to tell from my voice that I've got something in my throat. So it's something of a head cold. It's not a big deal. Uh, so I'm um, managing that. And uh, in my world too, I just shared this morning on Instagram that I am self-diagnosing that I may have plantar fasciitis in my left foot after coming home from doing a lot of unsupported walking on vacation, just easygoing stuff, walking on the beach, walking the dog, nothing intense, but um, you know, I think that things are different at 43. And when you get 15,000 steps in unsupportive shoes, it is not the same as when you are 20. And so I'm feeling the effects of that. Um, but I will recommend if anyone's been following my stories, we have, a, a we are fostering a cat and her three kittens right now. And there is nothing to make you feel better. Um, nothing like baby animals to just wash <laughs> everything away and make you feel good. So I've been spending a lot of time in the kitten room the last couple of days and that's been helping. Oh, that's nice. That's fantastic. And that's good news for me because I'm getting a baby animal guys. Yay. If you haven't heard yet. I'm getting puppy number two, exactly one year from when we got puppy number one, the day after Easter, we're bringing home one of Lily May's half siblings, they share the same dad and it's a boy. So we're bringing home a little baby brother for Lily in um, a little less than three weeks now. And we've named him Rocky. The best. It's such a cute name. Lily and Rocky. They're going to be Rocky. lifelong friends. I hope. <laughs> I had a pet rat named Rocky when I was growing up. You Wait, you had a pet rat, rock name? Did you say a rat or a rock? Rat. R-A-T. Oh R-A-T. You had a pet rat? I had three pet rats. They're, they're wonderful pets. I can think of nothing worse. <laughs> no, no, they're wonderful. Um, Did you, you put play them with on them? your shoulder? Oh and, gosh, huh? no. <laughs> yeah, oh no. We want to run around the house. The only, the only, oh, the only no. bad thing. <laughs> they're very clean. They're very clean animals. And, and you want to see me as a mentally fight. unstable person. Let's, let's have rats running what? around my house. <laughs> we were not. That was fabulous. <laughs> We were not mentally unstable. No, no, not you, me. I would be mentally unstable. Oh, you would be. No, I'm no, not saying no. you're mentally unstable. I would, if there was a rat in my house, like there I would are, not 
be a coherent human being. I, I think that you're, you're thinking more of like the rats that you see, like in a sewer, you know, on movies, <laughs> in movies, these are like really like cute, sweet rats. No, they are. I promise. They're kind of like, they're just like bigger mice. Um, but, but yeah, no, they were very enjoyable. And I had a pat or a, a rat named Rocky. Um, anyway. Wow. Well, I have to tell you before these dogs, I was not really an animal person. I think making a jump to a rat would be a lot for me, but I do like puppies. I do like puppies. I was going to say, are we going to completely gloss over the fact that you are getting a puppy and Katie is fostering kittens? Cause we had not started talking about that. Um, so I'm glad that we, we brought that to the conversation. <laughs> so exciting. Although yeah. I'm disappointed you don't, you didn't go with my name. <laughs> Wait, what did you, what did you suggest the name of your dog? Wesley, right? I, well, I said Wesley, but you know, I'm being biased. And then I said, Henry, Henry, you know, uh, I can't go with Henry. It's one of my best friend's sons. And wow, he's a piece of work and there's only room for one Henry in my life right now. And <laughs> he's a lot of Henry. And actually, I like the suggestion for Harry Styles. I thought that, that one was cracked good. me up. That was my friend, Amy Rudolph. She's a coach too. She said, Harry Styles, she'll like it. And actually a couple of people said it. The boys in my family were like, immediately, no, <laughs> we're not, we're not doing that um we actually had a bear of a time picking a name no one could we just couldn't we couldn't get a name and come sunday morning we had no name and our breeder is fantastic she wants to know the name as soon as possible she teaches the dog its name by the time the dog comes home the dog is mostly potty trained it's crate trained and it knows its name and so i was like we got to get this name to her and we went to church and we have a friend he's a cute he's almost he's not my nephew but he's like my nephew and he's he's a first grader kindergartner Anyway, he's little and we've known him since he was a baby. His name is Rocky. And I told him, I said, you know, Mr. Schlag really liked the idea of Rocky, but I told him we already have a Rocky and I don't think we can have two Rockies. And he was so excited. He's like, please, please name the dog Rocky. I want the dog to be Rocky. (laughs) And I came home and I asked and everybody agreed on it. It was the first name we agreed on. So we're naming it after this cute little boy. Good story. Yeah. Maybe it's hard. It is. It is. It is hard. Okay. Speaking of hard things. Katie's not feeling physically well. Marcy has a lot of stress in her life. I've just barely coming out of this tail end of what's going on. Is it my gallbladder? Am I having surgery and my foot? I've, you know, I've been struggling with plantar fasciitis. Katie's just heading into that. So we're all a tiny bit of a mess here. And so that's what we're going to talk about today is ways and our ways likely will look different as often things do among the three of us ways we manage our fitness and wellness and health during times we're just not feeling a hundred percent. Um, and hopefully there's something that you all can take from this that could aid you in time, age, aid, not age, mm-hmm. aid you in times where you're not feeling a hundred percent, um, and want to know how can you manage your fitness goals, your wellness goals, Katie, let's start with you. Like you're not feeling great. First of all, tell us, give us a little brief overview. What's happening with you. I just have a cold. Just, I just came home from vacation. My first cold post all the quarantine. So everybody's got it. This isn't something that, you know, is, Oh, poor Katie. It just finally has hit me for the first time in two years. So, um, you know, that I would normally with just a cold, I tend to power through colds, especially when they're head colds, like I can still get my workout in my digestion is the same. I can eat, like, I just might need a little bit more sleep or maybe I, you know, miss a workout and do, and do steps or something one day, but generally colds, not a big deal. But with the issues happening with my foot um, and really not being able to put weight on it, that changes everything. I'm someone who easily gets 10,000 steps a day, generally upward between like 
12, 13, sometimes 14. That's a little bit more my, my stride, my pace. You, your ladies are looking at me now. I stand generally for the podcasts I'm sitting today. So at the end of the day, I'm darn near less than a thousand steps. And that just doesn't feel good for me. Like my digestion's a little bit off. Um, if you must know, I think from not moving quite as much and it's mentally really kind of awful. Like I just don't feel real good mentally either. I've been trying to get some movement in spinning on the bike, um, because that is not hitting the pressure points on, on my heel. Um, but I really can't lift the way lower body. So what I've done these last couple of days is modify, modify, modify. And that's been the name of the game for me. So switching up my training, I'm not following the same plan that my coach has written for me. She knows what's going on. And so she's helping me make some wise substitutions. I'll be doing more band work for my lower body and I will be getting after all the upper body work that I can, that feels good. And in terms of movement, when I can, I'm going to spin. I'm going to spin my legs on my, on my Peloton. And I'm not going to, and I'm not talking about taking rides. I'm going to do like the just ride function, like put, put a show on and just kind of do like a low intensity, steady state cardio. Mm -hmm. So I can like not feel quite so sedentary. And like, this may be what I'm going to be doing for months now, based on what I'm hearing about plantar fasciitis. Oh, Katie, I feel for you because I'm just coming out the tail end of plantar fasciitis myself in that idea of having to adjust. Um, it can be hard, especially if you are a person who right now you're really gung ho on your fitness goals and you're making some mm -hmm. good progress. Not saying that's where you were, Katie, because I know you're in a really good period of maintenance, but for a lot of people, you know, they're like, I'm getting some traction here and I'm making some good changes and, you know, I'm building the muscle or I'm losing the weight or whatever it is. And it can feel like, wow, it has come to a standstill because I have this injury or I have this illness and it can be hard to adapt. What was the word you said that you're doing? Modify, modify, modify. modify. Mm -hmm. That is what I have found to be key for me. And it can really help to then, to not have that burden in your brain of I'm not following my plan to mm -hmm. remember this is the now the plan. This is the plan. Like it's not my plan. Like for me, like I had to put a pin in my fat loss phase because I was having so many issues with this possible gallbladder thing, which now apparently is just, it's apparently still just long haul COVID issues that I'm having. But it was not, I was always not following that plan anymore. And I had to really be firm with myself about like, you are not, not following your plan. You have changed the plan or mm -hmm. modifying the plan. This is the new plan. And it was the same for me with the steps, Katie. That's a big part of me. That's a big part of who I am just as a human being to feel good in the world. And especially if I'm in a fat loss phase, like I'm getting a lot more steps and have to keep cutting them back. For me, what worked is I, I took my step tracker off for a few weeks because I found it depressing. I was yeah. like, I don't even need to look at it. And and I kind of almost had this little voice in the back of my head saying, just get a little bit more, get that number up to whatever. So I took it off. And what I was realizing is I was going to tolerance on my foot, very short intervals outside, like walking to the corner and back. And I did the same thing with, with the bike. I got on the bike for the very first time ever. It's my husband's bike and did the same thing. I put it on, it looks like this little track for most of the time. And mm -hmm. I just ride that to move my body. And so it can be a really good, I guess the, the, the phrase that I would use is what can I do? I can't do the things that I was supposed to be doing, supposed to, I'm putting in air quotes. So like, what mm -hmm. can I do is the question I try and ask myself. Yes. Mars. Talk to us. Uh, What's going on? What's going on? Well, I'm not sick. So yeah, not a cold or flu, anything like that. I am just extremely stressed, which I think I've been talking about a little bit on the previous episodes. So I have taken on quite a few additional responsibilities that while 
all good and exciting and what I have asked for and hoped for still has been a lot to manage, um, not only because it is adding more to my plate, which was already quite full, but because a lot of it is figuring out how to do things that I've never done before. So there's a lot of stress and overwhelm there. And it just feels like kind of one thing after another. So I knew this going into it, like, okay, you're probably, like, you're already stressed. It's probably going to increase that, but I don't think I realized quite how much. And for me, it's not only the additional stress of having more to do, but I am someone who has very high standards for myself and I want to do a good job. So I think there's that added pressure or internal stress of making sure that I am doing things correctly, that these opportunities that were granted to me, that I am like fulfilling that responsibility and I am making people proud and all of that, which I mean, that's a, that's a whole other conversation, but I feel like it's multiple forms of stress. So it's external and it's internal. And I felt like I was managing it fairly well. You know, I have all of the tools when it comes to taking good care of myself. So like without fail, I do not skip meals. So I will eat my meals at a regular frequency. You know, I, I hit my calories, all of that. So I know at least I am being like well-nourished, well-fueled, all of that. And it's so important just for, you know, your energy, but also your executive function and your ability to make the decisions and self-regulate and manage your stress. So that, I mean, obviously still doing my workouts, going for walks, um, you know, meditating, journaling, like all of the things that I know how to do. So I felt like I was managing it to the best of my ability, even though I felt that sense of overwhelm. Uh, and then a couple of weeks ago, I had some testing done that I've been putting off for a very long time and I got the results back. And let me be honest, like, I, I don't know how to read this test. Um, it basically, like, it might as well be in German. So I got the results and rather than wait to set up a call with my coach to have him read it and go over it with me. I tried to do it myself and it did not look good. So I started to freak out about that and was like going down the rabbit hole. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have like, first of all, the frustration and the discouragement, I guess, of, you know, feeling like you do everything right and things still are not optimal. And, you know, again, I know that the reason being is because of my stress levels, um, which, you know, sometimes like you just can't help it. Like I'm in a very crazy season of life right now. So it is what it is. And if I want to do the things that I want to do, I am going to have to accept that. And I see the stressor as, okay, the reason I feel this way is because it's something that I, that I'm passionate about, that I want to be doing. So rather than just like, oh, this is the worst thing ever, right? Like there is a reason behind why I feel this way, but still on the other side of that, you know, it is impacting me from like, an internal state. So yeah, it just showed that some that stress levels are very high. I need to start managing that. Um, and I did have a conversation a couple of days after that with my coach and he did talk me off the ledge. He's like, it's really not as bad as you think. Like we'll set you on a protocol. Everything's going to be good. So I think that we have like an action plan, which is helpful. So I always say like, you know, test, don't guess. Um, and I'm glad that I at least have the awareness and now I can start adjusting um, because of that. I got some other blood work back today, which 
you know, looks, it looks okay. So I'm feeling a little bit better in that regard. Um, but yeah, overall, like, so I got the testing back and that sent me down the rabbit hole. And then that coincided with probably the most like crazy week that I have had in quite a while. And I just felt like my nervous system completely crashed and I was exhausted. It felt like I was walking through mud and, um, you know, my, I have been experiencing the, the downstream effects of that over the past couple of weeks. So I have not stepped on the scale in a while, but I just feel like from how my clothes are fitting, how I'm looking that the scale is probably up. I'm holding water. I'm swollen. I'm bloated. I like my, my blood sugars have been kind of funky and yeah, like I know that when nothing else has changed in my diet, um, that it's pointing back to, all right, you got to get your stress in check. And I'm, I'm not always great about practicing what I preach. Like I will be honest. And I feel like kind of the ways that I stay in control is just to keep powering through and being like, I don't know if you guys have seen that meme where it's like a cartoon dog and like his uh, his house is on fire. He's like, this is fine. Everything's fine. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and sometimes, you? Like, <laughs> yeah, sometimes I can have that mindset. And, and I think that's where, you know, a lot of my, I hate to say it, but like my self-worth comes from is like, you know, being the, the strong stoic person that has everything together and just can keep, you know, forging ahead. But this is really an eye opener that, you know, I can't keep doing that. So, um, I, I don't really know what the game plan looks like, but, um, you know, is it going to mean I have to back off training because my, my workouts have been pretty intense. Um, so that might have to, to stop, but, you know, I was saying earlier, I kind of went off on a tangent, which I typically do. Um, like I do take good care of myself and the fact that, you know, I'm always well-nourished by eating enough and, making sure that my blood sugar is as stable as possible, uh, even if it's a little on the high side right now, uh, but no like blood sugar crashes. And then obviously prioritizing sleep, still keeping up with my mindfulness. So my journaling, like breath work, meditation, all of that, and then continuing to go for walks. Um, I've been spending more time with my family. So I don't feel quite as isolated and just like by myself, which that has been helping. So yeah, just trying to like take as good care of me as possible. Um, and, and yeah, just, you know, accept that this is where I am and that I may have to make some changes and do things differently. And that doesn't have to mean that it's a a forever thing, but if I want to keep progressing and, you know, doing things the way that I am for as long as I can, then sometimes it does require taking a step back. So Mm. Mm-hmm. Mars, how would you coach? Like when you have clients who face similar struggles, like how do you coach them through this kind of stuff? Uh, in, in what regard exactly? So like a client comes to you and they're like, I'm super stressed. This is what's happening to me. Like what kinds of things do you have them do? Oh yeah. Uh, like everything that I'm not currently doing. So <laughs> I, I give the listeners like, a list. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, well, I mean, I would probably say like, let's pull back on training. So for example, I had a client, check in yesterday and she is a mom of two kids. She's a business owner. So she's also in that very stressful season. And we've, she's been a client of mine before. And we've had this conversation where like her workouts just feel really overwhelming right now. And she is doing a program, which is is a very legitimate program. You know, I vouch for it for sure, but it has a lot of barbell work. And she's like, I don't like the barbell work. Like it just, it feels very intimidating. And I'm like, okay, then let's like, take that off your plate. It doesn't mean that you can't do any workouts, but 
let's scale them back. Maybe rather than trying to get in four workouts, we go to three or even two, just like minimal effective dose. And, and so much of it is a mindset talk, right? Um, because she's like, oh, I just, I feel guilty about not doing them. I feel like I'm not going to make good progress if I don't do it that way. I'm like, no, absolutely not. Like I, I don't really do any of that type of work anymore. And I actually feel better because of it. So, you know, taking away the mental stress of the shoulds, like I need to be doing this because like, it's the only way. Um, so a lot of the yeah, mindset reframing and then just taking, I guess like minimal effective dose with everything mm-hmm. in your life. So rather than thinking of fitness as an on or off switch, it's just, we're going to think of it as a dimmer switch. We're going to dial up dial down the intensity of what we are doing, um, based on the current life circumstances. And I have had, I mean, my poor clients, these people like are, we're all kind of going through it right now, you know, some just very like heavy emotional stuff. Um, you know, others that are dealing with some physical issues as well. Um, and yeah, rather than saying like, just push harder, like you can do it, you're strong, which maybe I say to myself, you know, it's let's practice a lot of grace and compassion because, you know, you can't control what is maybe going on in your external world, but you can control how you think about it and then the steps that you take to, to be proactive. So a lot of it is let's not eliminate everything and just say like, you know, screw this. Like I'm going to start again when things slow down because they're, they're never going to slow down. Um, but how can we just like pick some non-negotiables, focus on those. And like, even if it's okay, you know, a 30 minute walk a day rather than 10,000 steps or two strength training sessions rather than four, you know, you track your macros and that feels a little bit overwhelming and just like, you don't have the capacity for it. Then let's switch to, you know, the, the three plate, like one snack protocol. So like they still have some structure, but it just doesn't feel so all encompassing and it feels more manageable. Yeah. I like that dimmer switch, um, analogy there. You know, we can really tend to be, uh, people who have that all or nothing mindset, right? And so when we're not well, we're like, oh, I, I can't do it all. Or people keep trying to do it all. And they're like, I, they burn out, they can't do it. And so they go to that nothing part. So the idea of like, what can we dim down that, um, minimal effective dose, super smart stuff, Marcy. Can I add to one thing? And you, you sort of touched on this, Marcy, with mindset and how that's such an important component of coaching. I think for so many of us, we feel like our power and our peace lies within our productivity. Mm-hmm. And that is a narrative that I have had to change to my core. I've always thought that my worthiness, my power, my peace all came from producing and achieving. And, you know, you get to the, you get to the mountain the, t- the peak of the mountain. And, and instead of coming back down again, you just look at all the other peaks that you can see and you're like, oh no, I want to go there. And it's like, no, this is a mindset shift. And this takes work. And ex- like I use the word exercise training in quotes the same way anything else does. And so it's just interesting how I think we as coaches have are, are, are sort of forced to evolve and make sure that we make you know room at the table for mindset to a degree. We're certainly not doctors or psychologists in this space, but um, to completely, um, pretend that that doesn't exist would be doing all of our clients a disservice. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's really powerful. I can so relate to that phrase that you said there, that you're, you had this feeling of your power and your, how did you put it? Your my power, power and my peace was in like your productivity. Right. Right. I, I so can relate to that. And 
trying to push against that, right? That we're, we're not worthy only when we can be productive. Um, Mm -hmm. Wow. That's, that's fantastic. And I think a lot of people will relate to that feeling of like, oh yeah. Like, even if they have never said that out loud, that they're like, Mm oh, I get that. Like, I feel that. Yeah. I I think all women can relate to that for sure. It's Mm -hmm. just the, the kind of message that we are, that's being pushed in modern society. And I feel like the conversation is shifting for sure. You know, we're now becoming more accepting of the fact that our worth is inherent. We don't have to do anything to prove it. And, and I feel like I have kind of stepped away from that or not, maybe not completely, but you know, it's getting better. Although I saw this Instagram post recently and it talked about powerful and it was kind of like a slap across the face, like a wake up call for me, I guess. So this woman who is, I guess she's like a marketing coach. And she was saying like, I'm basically going to call out all of you coaches who are preaching to your clients, the importance of rest yet are not resting yourself because productivity really does become like a drug. It's a dopamine hit. You know, you're always chasing that next thing and that next, um, yeah, kind of hit of like, not necessarily like pleasure, but, um, yeah, I guess Katie, like what you were saying, reward. I mean, it's the like, reward, right? Reward. The reward of like, Oh, I checked the box. I got that done. I pushed out that piece of content. Like, look at me go. Um, and then we never take the, the time to like sit back and rest. So yeah, she said, you know, when you do rest, the reason it feels so uncomfortable is because you're almost like detoxing or withdrawing from a drug because your productivity is your drug. And and I can relate to that. Like, I don't, um, you know, just to be so transparent here, you know, I don't have issues with food anymore. I don't drink. I don't like have any of those kind of, you know, addictive like behaviors, but for me, it's definitely the work. Like that is how I, I guess, keep the voices in my mind quiet. And so when I'm sitting there, in silence with nothing to do, it's like, oh my gosh, this is so uncomfortable, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah. I find myself just like filling that time. And it says, yeah, it's kind of like an addiction to stress, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it can feel very uncomfortable when you let yourself just be and like turn off the, the desire, the need to be a human doing and allow yourself to be, to be a human being. But oh, yeah you got to, like, we got to do it. Cause like, look, we're all and the Katie, you were, and I are talking off air about, you know, when you were writing the book, um, and you gained weight kind of out of nowhere doing everything that you had been doing. And I feel the same is true for me. So it's like, hello, red flag is waving in your face. Are you going to respect yourself enough to listen? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Being still was my goal for 2021. And I think I mentioned it one of our you know, 2021 rap podcasts, I did not achieve my goal in 2021 of being still, because that was like such an easy one to push to the side, even though it was my number one goal. I was like, "Mm, I'll be still later. I'm going to do these other 25 things first. Like (laughs) I'm still having a hard time and it's still a challenge. My husband was like, maybe you should get a be still tattoo. Like maybe like you really need this reminder all the time. And I'm considering that. Are you a tattoo kind of gal? I'm really not. I was thinking about getting um, his initial where my wedding rings are. I think I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. They're, they're getting a little tight on me and I'm like, Oh, rather than getting them resized, I might, I might just put his initial there. And he was like, would you want to do like be still? Cause you, you try to do that all the time. And I was like, well, I'm not going to do that on my finger, but if I ever did get a tattoo, 
that's probably what I would get. Um, because I just, that, that phrase speaks to me. I, I think it, it's such a, a peaceful way of thinking about embracing who I am at my core. Um, you know, uh, like everything, the good, the, the, the bad, like the, the, the girl who needs so much inner child healing, st who still has so much yet to do. Um, I like the idea of just being still with her, but it's very hard, Marcy. You're so right. Mm. Incredibly challenging to do. Um, I think one, we can really see ourselves when we're still mm. and two, um, like you were saying, it's like, we get this, um, hit every time we're productive. Uh, it's been something I've worked on. You know, I've talked about my morning routine and my evening routine. So I do have this downtime now and it's been really, it was a really challenging thing for me to shift because I like working. I like doing, mm -hmm. I like, even though like, I didn't like the way I felt in the morning, like getting up and like feeling all of, all of a sudden thrown into my work. Like I really wanted to see my work because I wanted to get at it already. Right. Yeah. And so it's been, it was a hard change for me, but a really good one. Um, one of the other things that I talk to clients and course members about with this whole idea of if you're not well, whether it's that you're stressed, that you're going through a difficult season in life, or it's literally like, I have a cold, my foot is injured. Mm -hmm. um, is that a good mindset um, reframe to look at is to remind yourself why you started doing all of this health and fitness stuff in the first place. Because mm -hmm. if you're not well, and if what your body needs is more rest and not, you know, another uh, session hitting the gym or um, some calorie restriction, the, the reason you probably started this, a piece of it, even if a, a lot of it was aesthetic, a part of it was probably to feel good, right? Mm -hmm. And like, we want to be healthy. We want to live a long time. And if our body is crying out for rest and we're sick, is, isn't it going the opposite direction from that for us to push ourselves harder, right? Mm -hmm. We're literally going away from that. And that can, that has really helped a lot of the women I work with to be like, you're right. Like I'm in this to be healthier. And if I need to take a break because I'm not well, that's actually heading me in the direction of my goal, not away from it. Like I'm making myself feel. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I agree. Trying harder is almost never the best strategy. Yeah. No. Well, and also like, I think that we, we want to be better for ourselves. We also want to be better for the people in our life, you know, our loved ones, our family, our friends. And can you do that when you are constantly stressed out? And, you know, I, I know that I can be much more, I guess, reactive to mostly my family, um, you know, not present when I am feeling that way. And that's not fair to them. Yeah, it's you know? true. Um, and I think I've had a very like good lesson in, in boundaries, you know, going to work for this other company because we have a communication channel called Slack, which if you can probably hear it going off in the background, yeah. like every two seconds, <laughs> um, on this podcast, but like the coaches, like they're very rarely in there on the weekends. Like I'm the one in there on the weekends doing the work. And I'm like, um, oh, wow, Marcy, like wake up call that all these other people are giving themselves permission to shut off and not respond to messages and, and do things like that. And here I am still like trying to prove myself, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? And yeah. So well, great chat today, ladies. We're going to end it there. So you all can go get some rest. Katie, going to go back to bed. I am. Uh, I think I want to end it by quoting Katie again, because I thought it was such a, an important thing that Katie said here, uh, is to remember that your power and your peace is not found in your productivity, even if you feel like it is. Mm -hmm. Great. Thanks, ladies. Thanks, Thanks everyone. Bye. Have a great week. <laughs> 
Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Decades of Strength podcast. If you liked this, if it was helpful for you, it would mean the world to us if you left a rating and review wherever you're listening. It really does help our work get in front of more people. Thanks so much for being here with you and we'll see you again next week.